and welcome back to Vox Popcast, the weekly pseudo-academic roundtable of pop culture analysis with drinking and swearing. My name is Christopher Maverick, but you can call me Mav, and I am once again here with my co-hosts, Hannah and Katya. How's it going, guys? So Comic-Con was a thing. Oh, yeah. Comic-Con was a thing. Monica Uh, went. Yeah. Yeah. That's why she's not here today. We we have other people are doing real things. Meanwhile, I feel like I still haven't learned how to answer this question in a, like, I don't have a better way to post the pandemic world. I'm here, yeah. Like, that didn't feel like a loaded question, and I feel like it's never stopped being a loaded question. Correct. I just don't have a better way to start. On the first Um, day. No, it's fine. It's like, especially we're on the first day of a heat wave in Portland after having a cool wave in spring. Oh, wow. So I just assume that the climate apocalypse is happening but, in my city. So. But maybe not before March 3rd, 2023 when the Dungeons and Dragons movie starring Chris Pine and Reggie <laughs> John Page comes out, which I, is basically my birthday. I'm very excited. I'm excited, really excited and I'm oh, con- concerned. Concerned is maybe the way. Okay, we're not doing a Comic-Con episode, but like, let's just let's situate ourselves because again, this is Comic-Con weekend as we record this. You guys are actually excited about that trailer? Yes. I'm not excited so much as I am intrigued of how bad that movie is going to be. I I, think it's going to end up being surprisingly good. I'm going to make this (laughs) prediction, this small prediction. Yes, and here is why. Okay. Because the the directors are the same directors of Game Night, a little known Um, comedy film. That's a very very big comedy film. It actually did really well. I like Game Night. Yeah, which, like, by little known, I mean more people should watch it because, like, 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 uh, yeah, but, like, the directors of Game Night, and they actually understand stood like why people would enjoy game night and like like it was i thought it was like i thought it was gonna be I a bad movie fair. i was I surprised they do have the challenge though of basically the reason why the vast majority of video game adaptations really suck of like the thing that is appealing about D is not the story of D it's the activity of playing D. yes I, everyone I, does it differently which means that D players are most likely gonna hate this movie i have a deep <laughs> well i mean th- do you play are, i am starting i think i might have mentioned there is I a group so yeah, I guess that's what's going on in my life. I'm learning how to play D. I decided I want to be a gnome, which I realized min- like many like weeks later after I designed my character that I feel like you have made a gnome before. I do. I have a gnome barbarian that has a, which makes no sense, but it's delightful. I have a gnome barbarian with a sword that is larger than she is because my DM is generous and enjoys whimsy as much as I do. And she wears rubber ducky boots and sundresses. Well, I have not- barbarians don't have to yeah. wear armor. Yeah, my, my gnome is a rogue and she- Which, is which some, what are you, what's, what are you going to subplot in? Very important. And, and she's going... And, Sorry, Matt, we're having she, a different episode now. Oh, no, no. I mean, I play D&D. I'm just, I'm like amazed that, you know, it's a millennial thing. I'm millennials apparently like gnomes were not a popular character class when I was a kid. Um, I, I mean, like, I'm Lindsay. But I, I think I it's the same reason we like cozy games. But like, I, you know, like, I'm a rogue but criminal and like my idea is like gnomes are technically like good natured but they also have the power of beast speech. So like, I want to like use my like furry creature friends in the forest to help me pull off ice to help redistribute the wealth to protect the forest. And so that sounds on like, brand. Yeah. You know, that sounds like something you, know. you would do. Yes, exactly. Actually, now that yeah. I'm realizing it, because my main is actually a half L rogue thief, but I also am realizing has a gnome connection in that for some I like you had to I had to pick languages and I just picked non randomly because I was just like, that sounds fun, even though it's kind of useless. And then my DM retcon that I have two gnome dads. So all of my main D characters, whether they are gnomes or not, in some way have a connection to gnome. That's yeah. a fun fact about Katya's D D playing habits. Yeah, I don't, yeah. <laughs> get back to the D movie because I just really want to like emphasize my excitement and explain to this probably skeptical <laughs> listeners. Skeptical co-host because again but, yeah. I, but also like first of all I think I it's cannot emphasize class. enough how skeptical in fact I am. Also Chris Pine described it as Princess Bridie and we need uh-huh. more Princess Bridie mm-hmm. things okay. in the world. And maybe Chris I'm Pine like, also like Wonder Woman 1984 he thought it was going to be great. Mm-hmm. Oh 
Chris Pine was the best part of that movie, which is not hard. But I don't know. I just I'm excited. I appreciate I, that you have such optimism. I, I and I, I can respect that. I, I feel good about my chances in the box office game next year. Okay, you know what, Matt? You're always <laughs> going to win the box office game. No, I'm like, losing this year by doing badly. Hey, I um, won the one because it's so, an apocalypse modifier. Yeah. So like, no one, literally, no one else tries in this game. If someone else wins, it's because it got tired of you winning. Like I, I don't. I love that she's saying that. Well, except for she's probably going to win this year. No, I'm not. I made that very clear. <laughs> Trying not to jinx it, I think is what's happening yeah. right now. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly what I think. No, I will say, speaking of Comic Con, so, so Mav wins as long as no one else tries and or there is an international <laughs> catastrophe. Yeah, well, that what we're united. To be fair, there might be some more international catastrophes. Let's not talk about that. But, but Comic Con, oh. Comic Con, okay. I want to yeah. say, box office fiction. Mav, you thought that Thor 4 was going to be like the It Marvel movie. Wayne thought I really did. Doctor I Strange really- was Wayne's choice. After seeing the trailer for Wakanda Forever, I think that Katya made the correct choice. Yes, she did. <laughs> The problem well, is, right, I have that. Yeah, I just, I thought my, my, I my problem was I wasn't convinced. I picked, by the way. Well, I wasn't, I thought Wakanda Forever would be good. My fear was that it wasn't going to make it out in 2020. No, I remember that conversation. But yeah, I did too. it looks like it, it looks like it will. It looks like it's going to be excellent. Though. Yeah. I cried at the trailer, which like, I cried at the AMC, like, theater, like, Nicole, commercial. Nicole Kidman commercial. <laughs> yes, I do. I shouldn't say that on air. I, That's embarrassing. I, I, have a, I have a, I like the movies. I have questions <laughs> about your mental health right now. So we're going <laughs> to. Just keep walking no, past no, that. no, this is just my like sentiment. I would be crying if it were like you know not day in day in and out. I feel like I need to be much more cautious about what kinds of animal cute animal memes I send you. Oh no, I I just feel things, you know, and I don't cry in a sad way. It's like a, I feel this. I want to go see a movie now. Way. So speaking me, of wanting you know. to feel, wanting to feel things. Yeah, <laughs> best transition <laughs> I can come up with for this oh conversation. Oh my- I don't want to. I don't want to touch that line. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, this is interesting because uh, we can keep going on this because we're talking talking about fill-in episodes of television, also known as bottle episodes. They're not, but they're related and I think that caused a little bit of confusion when I wrote the call for comments because fill-in episodes are often bottle episodes. Bottle episodes are often fill-in episodes. They're not necessarily the same thing and I understand that, but like I was getting at the kinds of episodes of TV shows, usually serialized TV shows in the old days, you know, (laughs) in the long, long ago, the 1980s kids, there was um, panels of the old media. Right. So when I was a youth, as it were, all TV shows ordered 24. So it's actually a lot, right? And you maybe 22, maybe 20, 26, you know, but in that area, right? And it's a lot of television to film. And sometimes you only had, you might order 22 episodes, but you only had 16 episodes worth of story. So there were just six episodes during the season that, you know, didn't really rest the story anywhere, but it could fit in pretty much anywhere during the season run. It didn't really matter. As long as everybody ends up in the same place when they finish the episodes, when they start, it's a chance to explore character and for me the equivalent of our entire show right we're exploring character (laughs) i guess i don't know that we're exploring character (laughs) i feel like if you listen to us we're running away from it as aggressively as possible (laughs) (laughs) but the point was you could listen to them in in any order you could watch them you know so i mentioned one of my favorites i was a big fan or i am a big fan of the tv show battlestar galactica and my favorite episode of battlestar galactica is season three so nine it's called finished business and the whole pot of the episode is, you know, they're all in the military. So somewhere on the ship, there's one deck where they've set up this boxing ring and they just go in there. Oh, they box. I remember this episode. Yeah. And they, and the premise is every time they go in, they say, when you're in this ring, rank is not an issue. So that means, you know, you don't have to worry.
worry about holding back because your commanding officer is in there and, you, and you're afraid of being, you know, getting sent to the brig if you punch him too hard. Like, do not hold back. And that's the whole episode. It's just these guys sort of, you know, if you are, you know, do these two characters hate each other? Do these characters love each other? What are your personal feelings on each other? And how can you display that through punching. through punching each other? And, <laughs> it could, you know, it's episode nine of season three. It could have just as easily been episode four or episode 13. It didn't really right. matter because they just wrote like, look, we're going to do this boxing thing and we're going to fit it in wherever it fits. And to me, it's brilliant because it is just a unique, very cinematic thing where they didn't have to worry about Cylons or where exactly they were in space or it just it was literally just the fun of can we do this can we shape this interesting story around a boxing ring right sure. and then there's another one which I which apparently is often very hated in the show Breaking Bad called The Fly it's the 10th episode of the third season of that show apparently a lot of these happen in the middle of the third season but, but the 10th episode of that and people hated this episode the premise of that episode is a fly is trapped in the lab and and Walt and Jesse are trying to catch it and kill it that's the whole episode it's just the two of them against this fly and I think it's brilliant but people were like well but nothing's happening I'm like yes it's the <laughs> character you know intense human drama is happening people um, there's a fly <laughs> and the reason that's a bottle episode is clearly that episode is based around the fact that they were short on money and they could do this on just one set that they already had right. paying only two actors so that episode literally happens in a bottle you know <laughs> so like like the bottle for people who might not be familiar with the term is like a bottle episode tends to but not always be because like production wants to save money and they film on like majorly maybe one set with like as few non-series regulars and sometimes as few series regulars as possible right and so right. it's like happening in a ball but i say it's not wholly the same as filler all the time because some tv shows have super important episodes that are bottle episodes yes. like one example of a recent show parks and recreation as final season had like ron and leslie like ha- like be a part of this feud and it mm-hmm. was like a huge driver of like the first half of the final season and so ron and leslie get locked in a room together by all their other friends to try and deal with the break that happened between them several years ago and it's deeply emotional and like looks at like these two characters like friendships and like how they're different like life philosophies and priorities and like leslie changing jobs like really you know change their friendship and dealt with a lot of things and it's very <laughs> not, good right. um, and that's not a filler episode that's a right and then like another like example basically what i did was i did research for this episode by like re-watching like old episodes of tv i really like one episode um i would say is technically a bottle episode is this episode on the good place called janet's where for the most part okay, darcy okay. Carden, like just playing like, like like the premise of the episode is janet and michael are sneaking into like the afterlife accountant world to figure out like what's going on with points to get in the good place and the humans are hiding in janet's void and if you haven't watched the good place you're probably like what gibberish is hand talking about yeah, but, I, I understand some of these words but like the humans hiding in was a void because janet's like they filmed the, yeah. film the entire episode on a soundstage with no setting it's and grc carden plays like 80 characters like 80 characters <laughs> like she plays a neutral janet the regular janet who is not a girl or a boy but like a, a robot like alexa but human and then like the four humans that's three genders boy yes. girl and alexa yes <laughs> and so like i actually found an interview with michael sure like saying quote we were joking that most of the episode is a ball episode in fact it's a stream ball episode because it's only one actor involved in the entire thing and it's in one white room but it's the opposite of a ball episode because every single shot had to be completely perfectly calibrated and lit and her eye lines had to be meshed and we had to we had four women who are drc's height who played other versions of janet so at one point there were five janets walking around in identical janet outfit and wigs there was a tremendous 
amount of work that went into it. We gave Darcy as much lead time as we possibly could. And like the reason why like this is like sort of opposite of a ball episode is because ball episodes are usually like, you know, save time and like money. Like mm-hmm. clearly like this was like not really that. So it was like more of like playing around with the form. But yeah, so like I think that's uh, like, like like the TV version of flash fiction where it's like you're, you, yeah. like, you're putting parameters on a creative exercise yes. for a particular effect. Well, that's what I think we're going for. So the the other example I'd used, because I'd say non-bottle episode example of a filler episode that is in a recent show is Stranger Things season two, episode seven, The Lost Sister. And this is the episode yeah. where they where Eleven basically goes to Chicago and hangs out with other people in an obvious backdoor pilot or a bunch of characters that like no one knows. It has nothing to do with the rest of the story of Stranger Things other than the fact of here's what she was doing when she was away. Ta-ta! <laughs> you know, and it, I don't care for that episode of fans do yeah, not. Right. Especially but, on the rewatch, it right. doesn't do a, like it sort of explains and like why she kind of de- developed some of her skills, but mm-hmm. it's not really like eh, it's just kind of eh, it's fine. I appreciate the swing is what I'm getting at though. Like I yeah. appreciate. I also appreciate the eyeliner, the outfit for the you know the, out- the eleven makeover. I wanted a makeover, more of a makeover montage. They did do a little bit of one, but I thought that was kind of a fun like goofy. You missed moment. the '80s. That was just the '80s. That's just like that was just the world then. <laughs> like I guess it called it was a makeover montage. What's interesting? What's like an interesting pattern though is like an, another app, like recent like example of filler episodes. One of which is a bottle because it only features one like series regular and one of which is not. Is Ted Lasso's season second season like they had all their episodes outlined? They wrote like they had the season like ready to go, and Apple was like, "But what if you gave us two more episodes?" And they were like, "Okay, let's do a Christmas special that will air in the middle of July, and I think it's delightful. It features most of the main cast, but it has nothing to do with like anything. You know, they can just like lop it on in there and it's a Christmas special. The second of which is called Beard After Hours, and there's a secondary character. So I know that neither of you watched Ted Lasso. So I think you'd be deli- surprised and delighted by it. There's a secondary character called Coach Beard, and I actually do say I, I will watch every episode of Ted Lasso over and over again. But this one I will never watch again. I will skip it. Mm. it he he like just has he's very mysterious, and like this is an episode that like goes into like what he's like what he does one night after like a football match, and by football I mean soccer. And so like it just like tracks him, and it's very strange. And like I feel like half of the Ted Lasso fan base really loves the Christmas episode, and the other half of the fan base really loves the beard episode. But you know, like <laughs> like no. never the twain shall meet. <laughs> yes, like, and- I feel it's like, a weird comparison, but this always reminds me of like my thing about Moby Dick and the CTLogy chapters. I think like the CTLogy chapters and Moby Dick are basically literary filler episodes. Mm. Oh God, same, yeah, it's yeah. The okay. Same exact thing where it's like I, you are either a person if you like Moby Dick, you are either the kind of person who likes Moby Dick because of the CTLogy chapters. I am in that camp, and that is the correct camp. Or you are in the camp who likes Moby Dick and would prefer that the CTLG chapters be just excised from literary record, which is obviously incorrect. This is actually, this like gets at a question I had when I was thinking about this, which was, well, okay, like a lot of, not always, but a lot of like bottle episodes, filler episodes, flip episodes, which I don't actually think we talked about in the blog, but like a lot of these like episodes are created because of constraints or production. We talked about budgetary issues or like, you know, someone might not be available or, you know, what have you, or as someone like Apple's like, hey, we need two more episodes and everyone's like, oh crap, what we're gonna do. But like before there was the serial television show, there was also like a serial novel and mm-hmm. like literary fiction. And I was like, well, where is there such a thing as like filler episode in the novel? Yes and no. So I was, I did think about it, right? And this becomes a weird, this is a whole nother show and I, you guys are gonna, you guys both have degrees in English. You're gonna go, oh God. You have to ask yourself, what is a novel? Definition, what is a novel? And if you are an English major, you know, a literary studies major, you know, an astute scholar like us, you realize 
that is a very <laughs> well, that's a very complicated question. It seems like it should be a simple question. I cannot give you a simple answer. If you're just a fan of reading books, you go a novel's a book. Okay. So if you just believe that a novel is a book, I would say then yes, there are novels that have filler uh, chapters. If you think a novel is more complex than that, then I wonder if maybe you don't because like in the Moby Dick examples, Melville didn't have those there, right? Like he's doing a thing. I understand why it's conceptually part of the greater whole. As an editor, I might want to dump some stuff. As an editor of like, say, Tolkien, I could probably dump or hate me. I could dump a good 300 pages throughout the entirety of the <laughs> of, of the Lord of the Rings saga. Like you could eliminate a lot of stuff. It would be a very different. Book. So like I hesitate to call those filler. On the other hand, sometimes you serialize something like I don't want to even go something as literary as like, say, Dickens. I want to go like Lost Boys of, of London, you know, the Penny Dreadful series, right? That worked very much like comic books. They were getting paid by the word. So that was designed to go as long as it possibly could. So there are chapters where they're just like, yeah, let's try something new if they're going to pay us to do it. Right. Like, and I think that mm-hmm. in that sense, maybe there are filler, you know, because it's just like you've been writing this for the last year and a half. Now you're just like, I want to try something new. See where this goes. So well, in that respect, I think, yes. I was thinking about, I can't believe I'm saying this because God knows no one should. But I was thinking about Anthony Trollope, who was a 19th century novelist who also was like a boostmaster dude. I'm not a specialist, but I thought that, like he like had a very disciplined like writing like regimen. Like he like had a schedule and like also a job. So mm-hmm. and if you read his novels and I haven't read very many because of this, I feel like it really shows. And like, like, you know how like sometimes you're writing something, well, maybe not you or me, <laughs> but like, you know, it's sometimes like it's clearly caught you. No. I was not, no. You meant the plural. You meant both yeah. of us. Right? Yeah. <laughs> I meant not professional, like, you know, or, or maybe actually all of us, maybe at one point or another have been like, okay, like we need to write 20 pages. What can I make? What can I write to make this stretch? And, 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 like, and what like, do you mean we haven't done this? If anybody, anyone who writes yeah, yeah. on a regular basis for just, work or pleasure yes, I just uh, hasn't just, done that, is, says they haven't done that, is lying to I you. Want, I just didn't want to say it out loud after admitting so many embarrassing things at the beginning. Oh, of no, the that's fine. It's fine. I mean, yeah. It's fine. Like in, in the spirit of this show of demystifying academia, that are just a bunch it's of true. you know educated people talking about stuff randomly. No, it's no true. we're no, that's absolutely part of the process. Also, you know? like you know, like like I, sometimes you're given like a total amount of pages, and maybe your argument doesn't fit the pages, and so you have to figure out a little bit of filler. I kind of hey. wonder if like that was just sort of all like his whole life. Also, like the first book <laughs> that I read was part of multiple like a multiple series thing called the Pelzer novels, and none of the main characters of the uh, other novels are really featured in this book. It's about this random bad girl named Lizzie who's just trying to keep some family diamonds from her late husband that she shouldn't really have. And it's extremely boring. <laughs> Do not recommend. I don't understand why people like Rolla, but like also a lot of people don't understand why I like Dickens. So, you know, fair. And, like, and it feels sorry. like, it kind of, sorry, it feels like kind of a bottle episode, but like a novel, you know, like just like here, it's tangentially related in the same universe. Well, I think literature, it's also a slightly different thing because like when you guys were talking about filler episodes and bottle episodes, like it's often happening because of constraints that like, not to think they don't exist in literature but they don't exist in the same way because it's usually yes. like novels are usually yeah. an independent creator even if they've been contracted they have a lot more control and also like writing a novel is not as expensive as making a movie yes and I think part of it is also like what you were talking I'm wondering if especially in more modern prose like there is this idea especially post you know things like modernism and Hemingway this idea that like the faster and more efficiently you can say something the better it is that's a gross simplification but like there is a general desire towards economy of language and that that is a trait of good literature and that's one of the reasons that like I think people say the things that they do about like things like the CTology chapters in Moby Dick 
arc where it's like, this is not moving the plot forward. Why is it here? I, and I, right. But I think like the thing with literature is it's like that is that is like as Matt was saying, like that's emerging from more of like a stylistic choice. Yes. Whereas I, it sounds like in TV, it's not. So it's like, are those? Well, I don't know if it is or not, right? Because like in literature, it requires the conceit that like if you believe that, then you believe that you know you're taking the Hemingway approach to writing, right? Like you're you, if you believe that Which every hate, word yeah. on the page should advance the plot in some way or another, or it's extra wasted space. That is that was Hemingway's philosophy, right? Do you know how few words can I get away with in order to tell the story that I am trying that I am trying to tell? I want absolutely sparse prose. Then yes. Are, are, However, are we also say that Hemingway is all filler episodes. No, I'm saying he, he, he would argue. He would argue <laughs> there's all- no filler, right? He would argue that every word right. is necessary. And, and I, mean, I like, don't in know the that terms that's- of like creating a conceit or create like basically right. he's in some ways doing the thing that filler episodes do either purposefully or accidentally, where it's like you're creating a bunch of constraints. Yes, for a purpose. Hemingway was basically doing that and basically trying to speed run literature. And I don't know that, but I don't know that that's all the right way to do literature, right? It's what teach people when we're teaching economy of language, mostly because we don't want to read a lot of boring writing, right? But I don't know that in the literary world, trying to tell the story in as few words as possible is really the best, the most interesting, or the most common way that things are done, right? Like It's absolutely, part- like in terms of like books that survive, if you just look right. at like things that stick around and we continue to go back to, it's absolutely not true. Right. Like the amount, I mean, we can all talk about in our own field, but like the amount of books that are like based like homes that are wildly popular and still read. I mean, actually you brought up Tolkien, like Tolkien's a great example. Like mm-hmm. Tolkien is the opposite of economy of language. The entire second book doesn't matter. Okay. And I know people <laughs> love it. Two Towers is useless filler. Now you might enjoy it. It's many people's favorite book. It's many people's favorite movie, but nothing happens. They're lost in the woods. <laughs> it is, it is but, like, well, but I think that's such a good illustration. Even what you're saying about like, it is one of my favorite movies mainly because the Hobbits are great and you get you just, yeah, more Pippin. I just want, I want more Pippin. And I think part of it is also, I was an unrelated thing. I was looking up a lot um, like the appeal of things like Miyazaki films. Mm-hmm. And there was this idea that like one of the things that Japanese film, specifically anime, but like also I think Japan, people were saying Japanese film in general, which I'm not widely familiar with. So I will take their word for it. Is good at in a way that like Western film often is not is the idea of relaxing day in the life kinds of things and like romanticizing everyday life. Like you think of like a Miyazaki uh, yes. movie, there will be like these long, cin- there'll be like these fairly long cinematic scenes of just like somebody like riding a train, drinking some tea or like mm-hmm. wandering through the countryside and nothing is happening. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it's not even an actual character. Tone. Yeah, they're right. setting tone. Kurosawa did that. Yes. Right. And I feel like to me, that's like, it, that's not a filler episode, obviously. That's like a moment in a film, but I think a filler episode to me is very much like that, where it's like, you're it's like a, it's like a pause in the narrative. It's almost like a beat in like the overall thing of like, you can't be, I mean, I remember when I teach fiction, it's like, you can't be, have everything turned to 11 all the time. Mm-hmm. Like you have to have peaks and valleys in a narrative in order for it to be like a readable and pleasant experience. Obviously there are always exceptions to every rule, but there have to be some kind of like beat in the overall story that like allows you to find those moments of like chill. And I feel like filler episodes are kind of that. And like, even like Stranger Things, like my family has been rewatching Stranger Things when we were, when the new season was start before the new season came out. And my dad was watching it for a straight time. And my dad kept talking about how stressful this watching experience it was. And I was like, oh, this is the function of filler episode. Mm-hmm. Like, because if you're not a person where you like a sort of like, you like, I wouldn't say stressful, but if you like a more intense, like watching experience, like you might need filler episodes for it to be appealing. And like, they're just nice. And when I was originally in, in our chat, people were talking about this episode and I was like, I don't have anything to contribute because I don't believe in television anymore, apparently. And I was like, <laughs> but then I like sat there and thought about my like media watching experience in the last few years. And I was like, oh, I watch filler episodes like 80 to 70% of the time. 
I'm just now watching TV. YouTube right. is basically the filler episode par excellence because nothing is happening that anyone cares about. Or, I mean, see, and that's where I question it. Like, no one cares about it, right? I think... Don't care about it. Right, well, it's right. Again, it's like, I do care about it because it's, like, nice and interesting, but, like, it's like that, like, I me, mean, it's like, I will watch a YouTube video about somebody making a dress or something like that, but I'm not watching it because it's, like, a fascinating story. I'm watching it because it's like, this is nice. Well, it's not just nice. I think it might be an essence of kind of a thing, right? The, the thing about a filler episode, at least for me, which I, what I think makes it neat, is they're encapsulated, right? We're mostly talking about episodes of serialized television, but we're also, we, we talked about novels and stuff like that, right? We've talked about things that you can separate out from the whole, and they are self-contained. So, one mm-hmm. of the greatest novels of all time, Ralph Ellison's Invisible Man, right? First chapter of Ralph Ellison's Invisible Man is often, like, sort of collected in collections of short stories as a short story called Battle Royale. It is the one standalone part of that entire book. You can just read it and you're like, oh, well, that's that was fascinating and nothing else in the entire book matters and you'd be fine, right? Feel the same way about the unfinished business episode of Battlestar Galactica, right? If mm-hmm. you watch that episode, you don't need to know anything at all about the rest of Battlestar Galactica. You don't even need to know that they're in space. Like literally nothing matters. What you can pick up from that episode is, look, we have a crew of a ship. There is a hierarchy. They are ignoring it for these boxing matches. That's the story, right? And then how does the human drama break down? So this episode was based on a fill-in episode of our friends at Protagonist, where they talk about their favorite TV shows that were three seasons or less. And then in, during that episode, they said, we should do an episode about fillers. I found the Alan Seppenwall tweets. Uh, he said, so the original tweet is from someone named Luke Winky, who said, we need to bring back 27 episode television seasons. I'm tired of the eight episode seasons where everything matters. There's an episode of the OC where Ryan decides he wants to play soccer and it's never mentioned again. I love that. More TV episodes should not matter. And then Alan Seppenwall responds and says, TV seasons should have the room to try things. Sometimes they don't work. Ryan never played soccer again. Sometimes they change everything. The good wife figured out that its central characters should be one another instead of outside lawyers. And usually these they're fun. I mean, these kinds of episodes are fun. And he says, the more relentlessly story-driven nature of the 10-episode season has really taken away a lot of what can make TV special. Yes, sometimes you get filler episodes, but sometimes those filler episodes involve Hurley, Charlie, Sawyer, and Jin fixing up a van and being awesome. That's a great filler episode of Lost <laughs> involved that plot line. That, that could be another special for you, the best filler episodes of all time. <gasps> Okay, yeah, that is a good discussion. Or, uh, yeah, we should do that, or we should just throw it over to the Vox Popcast and say, hey, do you want to talk about this? Sometimes I think we steal their format. I think they've noticed. <laughs> so Joe wanted us to talk about it because for them, over protagonists, their idea of a fill-in episode when they break their format is to do our show, right? It's to do a show where they just talk about a topic in general. And, I, you know, arguably our show isn't really serialized, right? Like, yes, I get that there's an episode every week, and I get that there's a rough order number in that like I put a number at the beginning of every episode <laughs> which is not even necessarily the order we recorded them in because some of them are out of order but you know it's the order that we release them in but they're not dependent on each other I think that the problem with serialized fiction which is on television right now most of our fiction right and it is the basis for a novel right the basis for a novel is I am reading these chapters in order with some distinction there's some arguably there's some books where that's not necessarily necessary but in general I think that those don't give you the short story experience, right? Like, we'll be talking about this in a few weeks. One of everybody's favorite comic books of all time is the comic series Sandman. It's super popular, Neil Gaiman's Sandman. And I've always said this is an unteachable
cool thing in a class on graphic novels because there's no part of Sandman that stands on its own. This is, mm-hmm. if you're going to teach Sandman, you are talking about a story that is, you know, I don't know how many pages, but like it's a lot of issues. It's like a dozen trade paperbacks. So you have to read in order to get Sandman story. But there is a spinoff of a comic that starts his sister and it's called Death by High Cost Living. In and out, it's one comic book and everything that you need to know about the world of Sandman, at least enough to understand that issue, is contained in that issue. And it's a delightful issue about what would you do if you only had one day left to live on Earth. And it is so good. So I think you get the chance to do experimental things mm-hmm. that are cool studies in character, that are cool studies in a philosophical question, that are, you know, you can do a lot with the fill-in episode that I don't think you can do if you're worried about how does this fit into our overarching narrative. Yeah. I mean, like, yeah, a good example of another recent show, because like, I think like a question was, why don't we do these anymore in the blog? Mm-hmm. And I think the answer is partially, well, we do, because there is still some serialized, like, talk about stranger things, yeah. That's like, mm-hmm. network, like, like, but also like, but to like, to talk about literally any other episode of Stranger Things or like something like Bridgerton, like it's always like a lot, because like, it's mm-hmm. like, you know, eight, seven to nine episodes usually Six on, on Marvel, Netflix. Or, right, yeah. Six on and, like Disney, you know, you get, you got to get in and out. And, you know, we actually complained a couple weeks ago in our Stranger Things episode that we really would have liked like an epilogue episode yeah. for season four and just like felt the feelings more. But like, there's this really cool episode in Brooklyn Nine-Nine. And I know it's a propaganda show and, I, <laughs> and we've talked about it before. See our propaganda episode. But also like, this is technically how I learned that police are allowed to lie in interrogation, which I'm just going to share out loud now in case you don't know that the police can lie to you about all sorts of stuff when they're interrogating you. So be aware. I don't love how like the episode handles that. But as like a, you know, solving a mystery, looking at like the two main characters, but heads and like deal with like their like captain detective relationship. And like the acting is just so good. It's like a very thrilling 20 minutes of just a dentist being accused of murdering someone, being in an interrogation room them trying to like get a confession. It's just riveting. And it's just literally for about 20 minutes of the episode with like maybe one or two like other characters coming in, just three men playing off of each other. And I can't believe I'm like, I really enjoy just watching three men like talk at each other for like 20 minutes. <laughs> it's really excellent. But it's, it's just very good. It's one of like the best episodes of that show. And like Brooklyn Nine-Nine, The Good Place, Parks and Rec all have some overlaps with like the creative team behind mm-hmm. the scenes. And I think that like one thing those shows all share is like, they're all comedies, of course, but they like got very interested in, you know, messing around with the format of TV and using constraints, even if like they weren't ne- strictly necessary, like The Good Place, they weren't trying to save money. In fact, it probably cost them way more money to make that episode than not. But it's interesting. It's like, it's like playing with the form that we talked about. Even failures of filler episodes, which I think the biggest failure of a filler episode I can think of is like the Nikki and Paolo episode on Lost. Okay. Why, um, why do you say it's a failure? Because it's real bad. And Nikki okay, and just not the, the characters. Just, okay, um, so, so that, that's what I'm asking. So it's you're saying it failed because you don't care about people. Not, like, like, yeah, yeah, like, yeah, like, yeah. Does it structurally yeah. fail? Or is it just I, like that you don't care about the characters? The, the story is like not, like, I mean, it's like story does like somewhat rely on the character. Like it was an interesting idea, right? Mm-hmm. Like the idea that at. like there are, there are other people on the island that weren't the major characters we followed around. And so I thought originally, you know, I'm excited to like learn more about like characters I don't care about because, you know, they, like, Lost is a good show that really understands character. This can be really interesting. And then it wasn't. It was, I think part of the reason why it failed is it like was a cool idea and it was a disappointment, but they like they took that risk, you know, like mm-hmm. what I always wax poetic about Lost. You all know you're tired mm-hmm. of it, but like one interesting, like the great thing about Lost, a very interesting thing about Lost is they were always like playing around experimenting and yeah, they're actually, they actually argued against filler episodes because of like the episodes like Jack's Tattoo, which really might be like the worst filler episode because they were like, what are we doing ABC? Like spinning our wheels. We don't know how long the show's going to last. We're eventually going to have to like have some sort of 
payoff and closure. And then ABC was like, yeah, you're right. We'll cut your episode orders. You can like write more tightly. And that was better for their show. But like, I, so I guess like, you know, an interesting thing is filler episodes can be really good when they're there for an artistic reason and like people like mm-hmm. find ways to do things. But they can also be really bad because sometimes you're just spinning your wheels and it's like, you know, it's the screenwriter version of phoning in like the last two pages of your essay for class. Well, okay. so part of it is like a good filler episode. I think it's like, it's like the writing you do for other writers. And I think a filler episode is something like that. Well, it's like you are making an episode that is creatively constrained and like interesting in a way for people who care about the craft of storytelling. So here's a question I have for you. This is like, to me, I think one of the things that inter- it's interesting is I appreciate when people take chances. That's why yeah, I, mm-hmm. if, 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 like when you said that Lost was, you know, that was a failed episode. It's like, was it failed or did you just not like it? Because I think that there's a slight difference, right? So mm-hmm. here's my example. Have either of you ever seen the TV series version or the animated series Clerks? Kevin Smith's Clerks movie. He, uh, he, a long time ago. Okay, here's the interesting thing. Now, there's only six episodes of it because they got canceled after the second episode. I'm not um, even sure I watched all six, actually. Well, yeah, well, two, the first two aired on television and then he got canceled after episode two and then he released them all. The, you know, the entire completed six episodes is released as a DVD box set. But here's what I love about her. So there's a first episode, which is just, you know, it's a pilot, right? Pilot episode is episode one of this cartoon, continuing the story from the film six years earlier. I think the film's 94 and I believe the, the animated series is 2000. Episode two of Clerks, the animated series is a clip show. Like the concept is they did a clip show for their second episode. It's a sitcom, right? So they get trapped in a freezer and then they go and they tell, you know, they you remember the time when, but like everything in the clip show are clips to earlier points in the same episode or to the previous episode because they've only had two episodes. So it was just like a weird ballsy move where the entire meta question of it is what would we do if we had to do a clip show, but we only had one show to summarize, right? Like that's the entire, you know, so they're just like flashing back, like with weird, you know, meta awareness to the fact that, that their entire lives were just, you know, a half an hour from the week four and they're flashing back to it. And it's this weird, you know, experimental thing. And did it work? Well, it got them canceled and ABC was like, no, fuck this. We're done. <laughs> and we're done. We're not doing here. But like, I so appreciate the ballsy swing of going, I'm going to try to do this crazy fucking thing that no one has ever done before. Who has ever done a, cl- a clip show for their second episode? And well, there was a reason nobody had ever done it. But like, <laughs> so like, I guess like, is that a failure or do I just like, for me, I just, I appreciate the experience, you know, well, the experiment. Like, I think, I think experiments can be failures, but they can like still be useful. Like I'm not saying like they should. Okay, that's fair. Like Impala, or like, like Lawson itself is a very experimental TV show. There's yes. a reason why people still talk about it, even if people are partially mad at it. Not me. I'm not mad at it. I like the ending. Write your hate notes to at Vox Popcast on Twitter. Wait a minute, that's me. <laughs> no, if you want to take over the Twitter thread, then uh, free, then yes, you can do that. Um, <laughs> no, but like l- l- imperfect things about Lost. Some of the things that the showrunners themselves count as failures have led to like other shows like innovating on the basis Lost laid down like a good place. Like showrunner of the good place met with the showrunner of Lost and got advice and learned from what had happened in Lost. And like good place is a much tighter show. Like it's more oh, consistently written. It had a shorter like there. It had a shorter like season count and a short. 
shorter like episode per season count and there was like I think a lot more initial thought put into the good place than lost because like they did make lost up some degree as they went along it's just true it's like in the history so I don't necessarily think that just because something's a failure doesn't mean it's not useful I mean I feel all the time I mean what is giving a conference paper but like you know giving something like half done that like might not be perfect but like even like your failures in that conference paper like you learn from them and that's you know why you give things so you can like learn and get feedback and then write something better or you know like learn and you know put your conference paper away and don't think about it again <laughs> because it was more of a failure than it was intended which it didn't no no just you know writing is hard, writing is hard. <laughs> also actually like in relation to this episode like like writing is hard like you, you know like there are a lot of like li- like things dredges literary failures not in like the shades of gray sense but in like a you know big swing and a miss sense that are still like really interesting and to be honest 50 shades of gray is still really interesting to me I agree 50 shades you know? of gray is actually I mean, non-ironically i would say 50 shades of gray is i don't know if i call it a filler but i think it is an interesting exercise i think it is i think it's actually fascinating what she did actually what is actually new moon and eclipse from the twilight series but filler novels has she re- like stephanie meyer from my understanding originally wrote twilight and then the publishers like other things and she was like all right here's the plot breaking dawn and they were like but what if you wrote more about bella in high school <laughs> okay <laughs> interesting i guess like i'm just saying like yeah, obviously i am not the audience for any of those novels so i don't i, I read the, i read them back in the day because i was technically the well you've all heard the story about why i read mm-hmm. them and why i'm angry about it still but like honestly like not really anything that like happens in like maybe one or two plot things that happen if you can they break up they get back together and it, and it doesn't i mean you could cut out those two novels for the most uh-huh. part add a little bit more explanation to breaking dawn yeah. and it would be the same like i the part of my time reading them as a teenager oh. was roasting how very little plot there actually was although i, I but see is, is that yeah. fair right again is yeah. our novels about plot because not i mean just from my professional opinion i wasn't joking you don't need to read two towers if you literally no. just want plot yeah. nothing happens in that book Go from one to three you'll be fine oh, no. <laughs> just like channeling my like little cynical teenage self which was you know some degree right and some degree like wrong like even like 19th century novelists when they were experimenting with the novel form were like well how do plot and character work against each other and what drives the novel like wilkie collins would write little reflections in front of and like sensation fiction was all about like what happens you know like mm-hmm. the moonstone is like first like the like red is like the first big novel who done it like in the vein of agatha christie which like to a large degree like agatha christie novels although she's very interested in psychology are really like you know like the driving forces like who did it how they do it let's find out the plot let's search clues wilkie collins was still like i'm not sure because characters also matter though uh, I, this is a very specific and exactly how he said it i did want to i mean just hannah as a fan of spider-man i absolutely yes. recommend to you and i mean you saw me post about it in the blog they're amazing spider-man number 267 it is my all-time favorite spider-man story it is a comic where peter parker is chasing just a run-of-the-mill criminal he's not a supervillain. he's just the guy who i think he robs a bank maybe a jewelry store but he's just a guy he's just a regular you know average non-superpowered you know robber that spider-man is chasing through new york city and the guy gets away and spider-man's like ah i have a spider tracer on him i'll just follow him and i'll go catch him later so then he goes all right let me go catch the guy and the guy he, he you know he tracks the guy and it's like wait a minute i'm not in manhattan anymore and i'm no longer in queen or which i can't remember which way he was going and then he's like oh crap i'm in the suburbs because it turns out the criminal is just this you know he's a criminal but he's a father you know he lives in the suburbs of new york city he's not like in the city and then the entire issue is just spider-man dealing with how hard it is to spider-man about if you are not actually around skyscrapers and him trying to figure out how the yeah. fuck do I get around the sky, <laughs> get around the suburbs?
suburbs. There's nothing to swing to. And he's like, you know, he does this thing where he jumps on top of a bus just trying to, you know, ride around the city. And then the bus driver notices he's up there and the bus driver stops the bus and he's like, you need to pay. And Spider-Man's like, pay? And he's like, yeah, what's, you know, pay the fare. And Spider-Man's like, but I don't have pockets. And he's like, well, then get off my fucking bus. And that's like the story of Spider-Man just hating suburbs. And this was written in like 1985. It is 38 years old. It is absolutely brilliant. And it would hold up today. You can take everything about this story and you could insert it between any two issues of Spider-Man today and it would be exactly the same. You could just assume that this is Tom Holland and it just happens between any two of the Spider-Man MCU movies. Nothing changes about it. Everything that you need to know about the Spider-Man character is just in this one book and it is absolutely timeless and it totally exists because they were in the middle of changing creative teams. I absolutely recommend it. So I think there should be more of this because I enjoy, you know, I just enjoy the fun of it. Like, I don't know. I, go yeah. read yeah. I mean, actually, as you were talking, and this is not the same whatsoever, I thought to myself, isn't Glee like basically just a TV show of filler episodes? Because like each one is a f- like a fever dream. I mean, I haven't finished the whole series actually, but each one is like, like a fever dream. Yeah, there's an overarching like narrative. Of, yeah. I think a lot of like more kid centric media is also like that in the sense that you're more likely to get episodes that are standalones. Mm-hmm. I think, and or rather than cohesive narrative. And I think that's also true of things like Star Trek come to mind, especially like like old right. school Star Trek, where it's like, yes, there is narrative progression, and yes, there's like a richer story if you are watching them as a serialized TV show. But like Star Trek, Doctor Who, like all that stuff, you can watch an episode and you kind of get your footing. And I think part of that is because, you know, in in, in those TV world. shows were made for like scheduled viewing and there right. has to be some kind of space for how do you continue watching this TV show if you're not being it necessarily every week. I mean, like right. Grey's Anatomy also comes to mind. Mm-hmm. And I think part of that is because Grey's Anatomy has been going for like how many? It's like 147. Right. They're like what? Casting for like season 19 right now or something? I'll so. look it up. Like I'll look it right. up. Like, it's a bonkers amount of content yeah. to create in a single universe. And yes, like characters hop in and out and everything. But like also, I think in order to have a TV show like that, you can't expect that new viewers or even like longtime viewers are necessarily going to have seen every episode and maybe not even like the majority of them mm-hmm. because that is a whole lot of television. I say that was as somebody who had to watch many seasons of Grey's Anatomy for a paper in paper? college. I was in a television class and we were supposed to do like a group project. This was when I was an undergrad and I got paired with a master's student who was writing their thesis about Grey's Anatomy <laughs> and so she convinced me to do Grey's Anatomy and I had I knew what the show was and I'd see like a couple episodes but it wasn't really my thing and then I realized how many seasons were involved so and it was a special long project so I spent an entire semester just watching Grey's Anatomy and I got a decent number of seasons in. This was also oh gosh this would have been a little over 10 years ago. You were an an undergrad so and you've since done a master's and a PhD and had time to have you know life after that and that show is still going on. There were a lot of seasons when I watched it. It came out when I was in middle school and like I started watching in high school because all my friends did so I quit like I don't know 15 seasons ago or more (laughs) but like I wow I mean I guess there there are less bingeable shows you could have gotten talked into I have to say I will say with Glee the reason why it struck me as filler episodes is because like they started getting super popular and then they got rights to a bunch of big name artists like Madonna and Lady Gaga mm-hmm. and Britney Spears. The Britney and episode was one of the big ones. Yeah. That actually yeah. Britney. And like the Brit and like those episodes to a large degree, especially like the Britney episode, like it uses the character of Britney as yours. She says that she's also a Britney Spears. That like they use her character to like do a Britney Spears episode and like dive more into Britney who had been like a background cheerleader for the most part. Like they, they do more to dive into 
into her character. But it, like, you can skip that. Like, I wanted to show Josh just how much of a fever dream Lee really is because it recently came back to Hulu and Disney Plus, which can I just say it's, I mean, like they've changed now because like Disney Plus also has like all the like Marvel Netflix shows. But it's hilarious to me that Disney like put Lee on Disney Plus, but they wouldn't let Hillary Duff do her adult Lizzie McGuire. Let me emphasize Glee is not a children's show. You should not show that to children if you have any sort of puritanical like points of view whatsoever. Cause like I, I had forgotten like some yeah, of the I can content. say that a lot about that weird like TV directed towards like tweens and like young teens, like is questionable. Like there's a whole like they're they, you know, they were like Disney was allegedly upset that like Lizzie McGuire would find out her fiance was like cheating on her by finding like some other woman's earring in her bed or something. But sure, they can have a whole like show where they have a dance sequence to Madaz like a virgin. That's fine. It wasn't anyway. sad though. But I mean, again, with the Lizzie McGuire thing, the they wanted the show I, that they had 25 years ago. I they were like, we want her bitter. to be a child. Yeah, yeah. And I'm she, just being bitter because I really wanted that Lizzie McGuire reboot. That, yeah. But like, is it that not what this episode is? A bit of a filler. So we're getting into like my oh. feelings as a character. Well, I'm told, <laughs> I've not watched it yet, but I'm told Hillary Duff is now starring in the sequel series to How I Met Your Mother, which is called How I Met Your Father. And I believe she, Hillary Duff, the person, the real life person, sees this as sort of like the spiritual, you know, part of what she, a lot of what she wanted to do, she's doing yeah. in this new yeah. show. So I've not watched it, but I should. Maybe you should give it a chance if you really want, you know, Hillary, if you want Lizzie McGuire in her 30s vibes. I mean, will Gordo be there? That's the question. I don't know. Um, I've not seen the show. So I, I, <laughs> I, I don't know who's on it at all. But yeah, so like Lee had like all of like, like I feel like more than usual for a show had all these like killer slash very special episodes so they could like just talk about Madonna or Lady Gaga. Unfortunately, there was no special Kesha episode, although they did sing TikTok <laughs> and only TikTok, alas. Anyway, that's my memories of Glee, both new and old. Enjoy. Edit out as much as you want. I'll finish off with one of mine because I'm wondering if um, maybe it's not just that this is dead, right? Like, given the constraints of old television, it feels like this is dead. This tweet by Alan Seppenwall, he goes on and he talks about just like the essentially in a 10 episode season, you can't do a six episode season, a 10 episode season where every episode needs to count. You don't really have the space to do a full boxing episode. And, you know, I don't know that it has to be right because I've said this on the show several times. One of my favorite episodes of superhero television, bar none, is the Chinese dinner episode of The Defenders, a TV show that everybody hated. But it's one episode that is essentially a filler episode. It's four superheroes. Daredevil, Jessica Jones, Luke Cage and Iron Fist sit around and have dinner at a Chinese restaurant and they sort of interact with their personalities. And it is riveting to me because you see the ways in which they, you know, in which they interplay. I would also argue that in the recently completed Ms. Marvel TV series, you have the partition episode is the best episode of that series. I learned a lot. It is well done. Kamala Khan is the only character that's in both that episode and all the other episodes. It is very much a filler episode in the context of the main story, but it is absolutely important and it's a big swing and it's really good and pretty much everyone thinks so. So I think that the reason it feels like we're not doing them anymore is that people are ignoring the bad ones and they're only focusing on the good ones. And I don't think people think about how when there's only six episodes, the Ms. Marvel thing doesn't feel like filler anymore. The Defenders thing mm -hmm. doesn't feel like filler anymore because it's six episodes. So it's, you know, like 18 percent of the show is just this one well, episode. And that's the so. thing is, it's like I think we've like both of your points and we still do these. It's just like the format constraints of television have changed because we produce it now in a different mm -hmm. way and there's a different financial 
social model, which means filler episodes will necessarily also change in the same Mm -hmm. way that every other media form changes to similar circumstances. I I mean, I still think that there's an aspect to which part of it is also, I think our experience of social media and like other forms of short content have changed the way we might look at filler content. Mm -hmm. Because I think there's an overlapping appeal between short form online content and a lot of filler episodes. Yeah, I think you're right. And like, it's definitely changed. And the more I think about this, the more like recent episodes I can think of, like when it comes to like bottle episodes or different episodes, like I would say like the episode six of the May series Watchmen on HBO, which takes place entirely in the past with like mm-hmm. very few, mm-hmm. yeah, like in a flashback, like in the you know, 1920s, 2030s, like that episode is purposeful and it does have a lot to do with the plot. So it's a little bit different, but it's, I think that it's, you know, it kind of came to be because like Damien Lindelof, who worked on Lost, learned a lot about like serialization and also learned a lot about ball episodes and like <laughs> HBO has a different production model and so I actually think that they're far more common mm-hmm. now despite like despite arguing at the top of the hour or so that we've been doing this I was like oh like they still happen I thought to myself you know maybe not as much like it's not like the same as it was like Friends you know where they like mm-hmm. purposely did a couple every season but now I'm like oh like even in some of the most tightly plotted shows right like Watchmen or Stranger Things we still have examples <laughs> of these so yeah. well, I think it's like the thing where Mav was saying it's like it's about character development like yeah. they serve an actual purpose like they're filler mm-hmm. but they're not actually complete like they're filler but they're not fluff well yeah and i think that's what it is i think that the problem is we got into the habit of using the term derisively and then because so many of them were we're just like you know just nothing episodes and then we were like oh but every once in a while you get this great thing like boxing episode of Battlestar Galactica, as opposed to the idea that you know what is filler right filler is the guts of something it's the stuffing it's the you know like you need it like it shouldn't be necessarily bad to have an episode where you just explore some character development that's what we like about you know certain episodes or where you just take you take a really experimental swing just because you want to stretch your filmmaking techniques there is probably one of the ones and this is something i know no one else has seen but uh, maybe i'll link to it in the show notes there is a a soap opera called passions soap operas are the definition of long-form serialized storytelling right you got to have five episodes a week and they you don't know where you're going and you're just trying to go on as long as you possibly can and that is the concept of what soap operas are and the absolute best episode of the tv show passions is episode 1013 of passions because that's how soap operas work it's june 27th 2003 and during the course of the show passions one of the characters beth was her name she's a villain her uh, and her mother go to jail they go to prison and they're in an all-women's prison and for the duration of this episode anytime they're on screen in prison they do it as a musical specifically the musical chicago because they're in a women's prison and of course they do there's no explanation That's amazing it is absolutely ridiculous when you watch it i found on youtube the episode it's an entirety you don't need to know anything about the show passions other it's a soap opera with kind of a mystical element to it like there are you know there's a real witch in it and you know whatever but none of that matters because in the prison scenes it's not like there's a magical spell cast on them or anything it's just that when they're in prison they sing and then they do because that's you know, what you do in prison high, yes. produ- high production value they magically get transported whenever they're singing and dancing they end up in sparkly lingerie like the stage show chicago they just do chicago in the middle of this episode of television i, I love this yes with, i love this so yes, much with no explanation it is i mean you would because it is that seems it, like a, a writer's room that just wants to troll their audience gently i i well i think what happened like the only explanation i have is like you know probably people were hanging around like writers and the actors and they're like you know we really like chicago i also really like chicago and then the woman who played wouldn't it be fun like, 
camp. Like, I would love to do Chicago one day. It's like, well, we could just put it in our show. Well, how? We're just going to do it. And then when she's out of prison later, it's never mentioned again. Like, there's no explanation for why. That's amazing. Oh, Oh, of course there is. Do you all remember? Actually, I think it was partially because of Glee, but like not fully. Do you remember like this thing that like like happened before? Like, 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 there's a musical Buffy episode that like happened like way back. And then like Glee became popular and Fox was Mm -hmm. like, well, we made all of our TV shows do like, yeah. Mm -hmm. But yeah, but then like Glee happened and Fox was like, but what if we made all of our TV shows, including things like Fringe, just randomly have musical episodes Mm -hmm. where like everyone sings inexplicably for no reason. So there's this episode of Fringe that like Walter tells this like detective noir sci-fi story and actually like Fringe has some really good experimental like bottle-ish episodes, including this one. And like they just all sing in this like fantastical world and it's just, you don't need to like have watched Fringe before really and it doesn't 100% matter, although a little bit because it's Fringe. If you watch it or not for like the original plot, but it's just there. And then every once in a while, just randomly, other TV shows now just do musical episodes. Like Grey's Anatomy, I'm pretty sure mm-hmm. has one. And Once Upon a Time at least has one. And I realize like some of these are like older now and I just like don't watch TV as much. But I don't think it's the same as like a bottle or filler episode, but musical episodes. What's up with that? <laughs> On that note. We've yeah. resolved nothing because that's a whole nother episode. And we're totally going to have to do an episode where we talk about musical episodes of TV. <laughs> Did you want to just talk about Cop Rock? Rock is absolutely the best show because that's what that's what you're getting at is now is we eventually got to this place in the world where everybody realized no cop rock was right we should have done that yeah, <laughs> except sometimes you absolutely should not stick a musical <laughs> in the middle of your show but I'll leave that till later <laughs> oh yeah we've resolved nothing yeah <laughs> other than I do think this is a weird filler episode for us obviously a filler episode on filler episodes but what we've actually resolved is I don't think the filler episode really is dead it's just that I guess we've gotten better at it you know overall also you know what it's okay if someone enjoys the clip show let the actors and writers have a break I, I actually think that the, the clerks one is actually really funny because again the whole joke of it is we've got no content because it's episode two so I, I think that there is something to that anyway well, this was a fun conversation I don't know that there's a, really anything that we've learned from it because you know we're just sort of working through our feelings on something but <laughs> yeah. that said Hannah where can people find you here but you know what you should do if you want to do some good in the world you can donate to the National Abortion Network and that will be linked in the show notes. Mm -hmm. As it has been the last several weeks. And Katya. I continue to not believe in the internet. (laughs) I do not understand how you say that every week on, you know, the internet show that you host, but okay. It's the only part of the internet that I accept exists. I I don't know what to tell you. We're just three friends hanging out, having a chat. Yeah, we're just three friends hanging out. I'm on, I got, you know, I got my gaming headset. (laughs) As far as I'm concerned, this is just a continuation of my Stardew Valley farm. And you are just all like villagers in my Stardew universe because that's the other thing that I do on my PC because the world is stressful and you know pixelated bunny farms are the thing apparently is keeping me going in the world (laughs) I wasn't sure I wasn't sure if you were done nope that was it (laughs) you can follow me on Twitter or Facebook or Instagram all the places always at Chris Maverick you can follow the show all those same places at Vox Popcast you can follow the show's blog at www.voxpopcast where you can find out what we're talking about next week. I have no idea what that is right now. You can also leave us a comment on this or any other show. Let us know your thoughts. You can suggest 
shows and topics. What would you like to hear us talk about and analyze and just sort of, you know, randomly think through with more or less research than we did today? If you enjoy the show, and we certainly hope you do, then please subscribe to us on iTunes or Stitcher or Spotify or wherever the hell else you get podcasts from and do us a favor. Leave us a five star review. That really helps us out, especially if you don't just leave a five star rating, but leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. That gooses the algorithm, makes us more popular and makes me feel all warm and fuzzy. And, you know, what more do you have to do? You could just say five stars, best filler episode ever. We'll be like, what are they talking and about? And if you really need an idea, you could like leave a name for one of my Stardew Valley bunnies. Ooh, and they'll use it. That would be great. Leave a five star review that just says five stars. The bunny's name should be dot, dot, dot. Like, that's what I want to say. I really wish someone would take us up on some of these ridiculous review like ideas because I just. <laughs> it would be so cool. It would be amazing. Yeah. yeah, so please do that. I would like to thank Maximilian of Thought Farm Music for our epic theme song building ever so more epically and playing us out. I'd once again like to thank our guests for joining. We don't have any guests. <laughs> I just like got into the flow. Okay. Hmm. I'd like to thank you for listening and we'll see you next time. Bye. 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 Bye.